Please rise as you are able for the reading of today's scripture from Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. My child, if you accept my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, if you indeed cry out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk blamelessly, guarding the paths of justice and preserving the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. This is the word of God for the people of God. Please be seated. Well, good morning, and I too want to welcome you to Brentwood. We have some guests with us today who I want to recognize. Pastor Miriam Cortez is here with a group from Ebenezer Hispanic Ministries. If y'all wave at us, welcome. Let's welcome them. I also want to thank the Chancel Choir for filling in for Sunshine this morning. It's great to have you all with us this morning. We are in the third week of a sermon series called Core Values. And in this series, we are examining the values that we hold central to our identity here at Brentwood United Methodist Church. And they are Christ-centered, ministry of all believers, teachable, risk-takers, and Wesleyan. And we just did a whole sermon series on what it looks like to be Wesleyan. But if you're new to us, that basically means that we're scripture-based and that we're focused on grace and social holiness and those things. Reverend Gossett began the series by teaching us that God calls all of us, not just some of us, into mission and ministry. And so it's our desire here at Brentwood that we help everybody find their place to serve. And then last week, Reverend Jameson was with us and he taught us about keeping ourselves Christ-centered in everything that we do. Christ is the reason that we are here. And this week, we will be examining the core value, teachable. Now this value, along with the next two, are about how we live into our call, both individually and communally. Being teachable is about having a desire and a willingness to learn and grow. It's about recognizing that there's always more to learn and that we need to always humbly seek God's guidance in everything that we do. Now, Scripture reveals to us that God is eager for us to learn and is willing to share wisdom with those who seek it. And throughout Scripture, we hear these words, go and learn, go and learn. Isaiah says, learn to do good, to seek justice and defend the oppressed. Moses says, go, assemble the people and learn. And Jesus says, go and learn this. I want mercy, not sacrifice. He says, put on my yoke and learn from me. So God made us with an amazing ability to learn. It's essential to our humanity. We all know we're not born knowing everything that we need to know in life. Rather, gradually, we accumulate knowledge and skill 
and insight. Now imagine just for a moment all of the things that we have to learn just in the first year of life alone. Basic things like how to eat and how to do certain movements and grasp and crawl, how to walk, basic communication skills, facial expressions, and language. Now imagine the learning that takes place from age 2 to 22 or 92. Our God-given capacity to learn is incredible. Now I want you to see this face. Do you recognize this little boy? This is a childhood photo of the actor Jonathan Lipnicki. This photo is from the movie Jerry Maguire. Now, if you haven't seen the movie, it's about a sports agent, Jerry Maguire, who was forced to learn some really big life lessons when his career got unexpectedly derailed. In one of the scenes, Jerry, who was played by Tom Cruise, was talking with this little boy, Ray. And in the scene, they're comparing how smart they are by trading facts. So out of the blue, this little boy, Ray, says, did you know that the human head weighs eight pounds? To which Jerry responded, well, did you know that Troy Aikman in only six years passed for 16, 303 yards? Well, did you know that bees and dogs can smell fear? To which Jerry responds, did you know that the career record for hits is 4.256 by Pete Rose, who is not in the Hall of Fame? And Ray says, well, did you know that my neighbor has three rabbits? To which Jerry admitted defeat and said, I can't compete with that. We all have something to teach each other, and we all have something to learn from each other. Life brings all kinds of opportunities, not only to learn random facts, but also to grow in wisdom. As we see in the text that was just read, Scripture instructs us to seek wisdom like it's silver, like it's a precious hidden treasure. So I want you to pause for just a second, take a moment and bring to mind someone you consider to be wise. So take just a second, think about somebody, get their image in your mind. Okay, you got it? Now, as you're picturing them, imagine what it is about that person that makes you think that they are wise. What are the traits that make you think they're wise? You may imagine traits such as IQ or a wealth of knowledge, but perhaps even more you imagine things like integrity, humility, moral strength, self-control, and a heart of peace. Perhaps discretion came to mind. An old saying goes, a smart person knows what to say, and a wise person knows whether or not to say it. We see this exhibited by Jesus when he was on trial in front of Pilate, when he remained silent in the face of some serious accusations, and all who saw it were amazed. Wisdom, as they say, seems to reside as much in the heart as it does in the head. And that is a gift that is given generously by God, as Scripture says, when we actively seek it. Verse 7 of today's text says that God stores up, quote, sound wisdom for the upright. Now, the Hebrew word that's translated as that phrase, sound wisdom, occurs only four times in all of Scripture. And all four of those times are in the book of Proverbs. 
Now, its Hebrew meaning implies that it is a power that results in clear thinking. I thought that was interesting to think of wisdom as a power, but that makes sense. The word upright in this text can also be translated integrity. In other words, wisdom and integrity seem to go hand in hand. Wisdom is given to those who live with integrity and vice versa. To those who are whole and undivided, morally strong, able to do the right thing even when it takes courage. It involves not only knowing what to do, but actually doing it. Unswayed by temptation or fear. And I can think of no more powerful image of wisdom than Jesus Christ. When I read scripture, I marvel at the wisdom of his words and his actions, the courage that he shows as he lives with complete integrity, even when it gets him nailed to a cross. He was completely unselfish as he revealed God's character to us and opened up a way for salvation. Now we are to follow Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, And to follow him is to take up our cross and to seek after the wisdom that he came to share with the world. It is to be his disciple, a lifelong learner, a student of his teaching. Now we are already saved by Christ, even as we are on the path of continual growth in grace and holiness. And we call this sanctification. As Reverend Jameson taught us last week, we are all Christians in the process of becoming Christian. Now, of course, as life teaches us, there are many things that can derail us, can throw us off track. And in instances like these, we can become unteachable or resistant to learning. We can get on a path of folly rather than wisdom. Now, Scripture offers us numerous examples of this, instances where things like pride or laziness, hard-heartedness, stubbornness, power, or wealth make individuals resistant to learning. Take Pharaoh, for example. How many plagues and disasters did it take before he learned it was God and not he who was in control? Scripture says that he was, quote, hard-hearted, Disaster after disaster came, yet he refused to listen. He refused to learn the message that Moses was trying to say to him from the Lord. Take also the example of King Uzziah, who in the beginning of his reign did what was right in God's eyes. Did you know he was only 16 years old when he was anointed king? He was very teachable, and he studied the ways of the Lord under the priest Zechariah. However, As he amassed power, his self-reliance and pride led to his downfall. One day, he committed a public sin, and when a group of priests came to offer correction, he became angry and defensive. He didn't want to listen to them. He didn't want to be held accountable for his actions. We could say that his position led him to become unteachable. As Proverbs 9.12 says, the wise will love your correction while the foolish will hate you for it. And 1531 says, the ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. So scripture teaches us that being open to correction is an important part of seeking after wisdom. Early in his career, this 
young man, Matt Redman, the popular Christian musician, was singing with his church's praise band when the pastor confronted him in the band. He said that they were proud of their musical performance, but that they were neglecting true worship. Insulted by the charge, all of the members of the band left the church, all that is except for Redman. He was the only one who was willing to hear and to live into that hard truth. As Proverbs 11.2 says, with humility comes wisdom. After that experience, Redman ended up writing a hit song called The Heart of Worship, and it included these words. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you, Jesus. He learned an important lesson, and he showed a real strength in being teachable. So how are we supposed to remain teachable? Keep ourselves open to learning the things that God desires for us to know. I'm going to focus on two factors today, both from the scripture that we just read. The first is desire to learn. As we heard, we are to cry out for insight, raise our voice for understanding. We are to seek it like silver and search for it as a hidden treasure. And the second is fear of the Lord. Today's passage connects wisdom with understanding fear of the Lord. Or as Proverbs 9.10 puts it, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So first, let's look at desire to learn. So as we just stated, we're to cry out for it. We're to seek it like a precious treasure. We're to go after it with passion and determination. This is a never-ending process. It's lifelong. So we are to become lifelong learners. I once met a 92-year-old woman while working at hospice care. She was in the last week of her life, and still she wanted to meet with me to discuss scripture and to better understand her faith. She had been studying her whole life, and she had no intention of stopping. She deeply desired wisdom. She wanted to know God, and she wanted to love God, and I will never forget her passion for learning and for seeking after God. It really stuck with me. She was truly a lifelong learner. Another person who came to mind was our own Tom McAnulty. Many of you know Tom. He was a member of the Encounter Sunday School class, and he passed less than two years ago. I couldn't help but smile when I reread the message from Tom's service. We used the words to describe him that fit exactly what we're talking about today, about being teachable. In fact, we even used the exact word lifelong learner to describe him. His appetite for learning was so great that upon his death, Betty imagined that Tom was up there getting all of his lingering questions answered. I thought that was a beautiful image. With Betty's permission, I want to share with you about a particular moment in Tom's life that exemplified this. About three years before his death, Tom had a near-fatal heart attack. This experience gave Tom not only a new perspective, but as Betty put it, a whole new life. It was one of those sacred moments that we are given when we can have the chance to see with new eyes and to live even more deeply into our faith. And Tom embraced it. At the age of 75, after his heart attack, he found his ultimate purpose. He began seeking after God with an even deeper passion. He already did, but it really deepened. And he began sharing his faith even more intentionally with others. Tom was given a second chance to learn some new things, and he took advantage of it. All that knowledge, because he was extremely bright, all that knowledge that he had acquired in his mind 
moved into his heart and deep into his bones, and he opened himself up. He was receptive to learning at a whole new level. The family says he was transformed. Thanks be to God for his second chance, and may we all be as teachable as Tom became. Each of our lives, ultimately, is the accumulation of thousands of little choices. And those little choices, they merge together to make up our character, to make up who we are. And I pray that each of us will continually cultivate our desire to know and love God and to be lifelong learners and disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, the second factor that I want to talk about for acquiring wisdom today is knowing that the beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. Now, this may sound strange to some of us. What does this mean? Simply put, it means that we must finally recognize that we are not God. It means knowing our place in the world and the presence of an all-powerful, all-knowing God. It means being in awe of God, being reverent and humble, And genuine humility in the face of God will naturally spill over into our relationships with others. We must be willing to admit to God and to our neighbor that we do not and will not ever know everything there is to know. As the psalmist says, there is no true wisdom without humble recognition of our limits. Yes, we have a marvelous capacity to learn, a God-given capacity to learn. Even so, we all know that life is riddled with many things beyond our grasping. It is ours to admit that we all see through a glass dimly, no matter who we are, how much we've achieved, or how many letters we have following our name. Let me give you one last example. Russian author Leo Tolstoy wrote a short fictional story in 1886 entitled The Three Hermits. Now, some of you have probably read this story or heard tell of it, but let me just remind you how it goes. There was once a bishop sailing out on sea when he learned about a group of hermits living on an island. He became curious, and he asked the ship's captain to take him to the island. As they ventured there, the crew described these holy men to the bishop. The captain said they were really just three foolish old men, but the crew believed something different entirely. They generally described them as being very old, always smiling, kind, and cheerful, and as doing almost everything in silence. As the boat approached the island, the three were standing there hand in hand. When the bishop got out of the boat, the old men bowed to him, and when he gave them his benediction, they bowed even lower. The bishop began to speak to them. He wanted to teach them. Tell me, said the bishop, what are you doing to save your souls and how do you serve God on this island? The three looked at each other and they remained silent. After a time, the very ancient one smiled and said, we do not know how to serve God. We only serve and support ourselves, servant of God. But how do you pray, asked the bishop. We pray in this way, replied the hermit. Three are ye, three are we. Have mercy on us. The bishop smiled. He saw that there were some things that he could teach them. 
about how to serve God and about how to pray. He is a bishop after all. That was his job, his responsibility. So he began to teach them about the Trinity and the Lord's Prayer, and they struggled greatly to learn the prayer, but eventually they did. With his work done, the bishop left the island, instructing them to pray as he had taught. When he left, the old men bowed low once again before him. The boat sailed away, and they could hear the three hermits loudly saying the Lord's Prayer. And the bishop thanked God for sending him to teach them. They set sail, and as time passed, they got further from the island. And then suddenly, the bishop saw something white and shining across the sea. At first, he couldn't make out what it was, but then he could see clearly. It was the three hermits running upon the water. They approached the ship, and all three, as with one voice, began to say, We've forgotten your teaching, servant of God. We can't remember anything of it. Teach us again. The bishop crossed himself and leaned over the ship's side and said, Your own prayer will reach the Lord, men of God. It's not for me to teach you. Pray for us sinners. And the bishop bowed low before the old men, and they turned and they went back across the sea. May we be as teachable as these holy men and as this bishop. May we never let our titles or positions, authority or pride get in our way. May each of us seek God with all our heart and soul as we bow before the only one who is all-knowing, teachable. It's one of the core values here at Brentwood United Methodist Church. May God make it so. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.